Earthbed Muscle is a grassroots supplement company created by some of the best strength coaches in the United States to provide their athletes with wholesome supplements. Earthbed Muscle has changed the supplement industry with their minimal ingredient approach to sports nutrition. Dane's platform is also brought to you by the Acceleration Diet. The Acceleration Diet is a customized weight loss program catered to each individual, their needs, and their schedule. Accelerate your metabolism today with the Acceleration Diet. Finally, Dane's platform is also brought to you by Holistic Encapsulations. Holistic Encapsulations provides organic hemp extract with an incredible 27 to 1 CBD ratio. Loaded with CBDs, hemp extract has been shown to decrease anxiety, have a positive impact on cancer, improve sleep, improve brain function, and decrease inflammation. Head over to HolisticEncapsulations.com today and get on the path to holistic recovery. All right, so we're here with Trevor Stutzman, who is a fellow owner of uh, Throws University with me, and we're, we're on Dane's platform. We're going to try and go over some, uh, some outdoor track and field questions that we've been getting and see if we can answer everyone's questions and, and roll through with a whole bunch of good information to help elicit you know a big peak with the uh with the outdoor season right now in uh in full swing even though we've been dealing with a whole bunch of snow here in pennsylvania so trevor how's it going good how are you dane i'm doing spectacular so trevor what i what we were just talking about before we went on the air is basically you know how do we how can we prevent um various things from happening i think everybody sort of gets hung up in this outdoor the outdoor fever where it's like, oh man, we, we get to go outside, you know, spring break was just, just ended. Everybody's amped up. Uh, high school kids are ready to throw. And that, that first warm day. And there's a, there's a, even if you're, you've been training really hard, that first warm meet, everybody, everybody just ends up dropping bombs, um, early on in the season. And so I guess that's the first question is, what do you do or how do you handle that? Do you want to prevent that that warm you know that warm adaptation that leads to big throws or or how do you come back from that later in the season and and I guess sort of share your your take on that as an athlete and and what you used to deal with especially in college once it would get outside and start to warm up. Yeah, I mean I definitely I was definitely someone who would like the first yeah, basically the first meet, like I've been throwing shot all indoor, then go out to discus, you know, first discus meet of the year. I've been training all year, you know, all year round in it. And I just get like so psyched up to want to throw discus that like, you know, just those nerves and like the adrenaline of throwing disc for the first time in competition, I go out and usually hit a like really big throw. But then on like successive meets, it kind of that like adrenaline and the you know anxiousness of the first meet isn't there anymore and like probably there's like three or four meets where it's just kind of a dud and um i don't know like how do you how do you think like is yeah like i almost think part of it is maybe it's not a bad thing that you're like getting after your first meet but that you need to change your mindset on those next meet yeah yeah i i think i'd actually like to use even sam uh from this last weekend because he went 64 50 at our sinus and uh you know we he'd opened up at penn and it was cold you know 40 degrees it was sunny but it was just bad weather but at our sinus it was about 50 degrees fahrenheit and you know 
mild wind, nothing crazy. And he, the 64.50 this early is pretty, uh, you know, solid throw. But if you analyze that throw, his technique was terrible. And I and I actually think he a lot of it has to do with this that outdoor fever. Like finally, it's starting to warm up a little bit. And I think that you know what ends up happening from what I've seen over the last ten years is that. Everybody has, and I'll keep calling it the outdoor fever, and they start to roll and they just smash throws, and their technique may not, you know, it's reminiscent of previous years and not of the, the technical work that you've been doing, but just having the nerves and the anxiousness is what leads to these big, big marks. So I think that it's important that you can sit there and, and say, okay, well, I, I threw well right now because I'm excited. I want to be outside. I'm, I'm done training indoors. It's so annoying, especially in the Northeast here where we're still dealing with cold weather. Um, but I think it's important that the next two to three meets, you have these this the mindset of, okay, now I'm going to get into the swing of things from a competitive standpoint, and I'm going to focus on hammering my my good sound technique and I'm going to work on you know I got that big mark out early on now I want to work on hitting good positions in a in a competition setting where the intensity is a little bit higher and I'm going to hit good positions and maybe you, you sit there and you you recognize that it may take 4 to 5 more meets till you get back to that mark but if you're hitting that mark with you know better technical movement later in the year that's when it's going to pay off more when you peak. You know, I think what a lot of people tend to do is they say, oh, well, this is what I look like when I hit my, my big throw outdoors. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll pinpoint Josh Sorochin here because he, he does this a lot is that he'll, he'll peter out towards the end of the year in years past. You know, this is the first year I've been working with him and he'll say, well, this is what I looked like when I threw really far in March. And it's like, well, you look like that and you threw far because you're excited to compete. But the goal isn't to look like what you did in March. The goal is that you look really, really good. And when we're setting up for a really good peak, you have that intensity that you had back in March, you know, in June and July. So I think that it's important to keep the, the technical mindset and to eventually, you know, you have that early throw that match that is all like an intensity based throw. And then you have these technical based throws and then that peak is where you want to meet with the te the technical minded throw with, with the intensity side. So it's a hard thing to do and it's a hard concept to, to take as a, as a thrower. Throwers aren't always the most technically minded individuals and, and, but you know, this is what, what leads to being the best really. I, yeah, I think there's I think there's also a lot of like technical progress. Like when when you look at technical progress, a lot of it comes with the familiar the familiarity of the situation you're in. So if you're you know making technical progress at practice, it's the same scenario, same setup every single day. You know you're making steady progress through you know months leading up to the season in practice. Then you hit that fir first competition, and it's a completely different feeling, and you basically revert back to the last time you're in that same situation, which is probably probably the last year with your old technique. Um, so just taking those, I feel like taking those, you know, the more meets you get under your belt, if you're conscious, if you understand that this happens and that like your technique is likely to fall apart, if you're not consciously thinking about keeping it the same as it was in practice, um, you're just going to be doing the same old things again and same like just you know smashing throws which without actually you know focusing on making yourself better so 
you know, going off of that, let's let's go from the polar opposite side where you you spend all winter working on technique and discus and even in shot. You get outside, you're excited to throw the normal size shot. You're not throwing an indoor watermelon anymore. Um, and you you sit there and you're going, okay, I did all this technical work. Now I get into my meat. I want to focus on these technical aspects and everything just goes out the window um, or you're focusing on the technique, but the results aren't where you want them to be. How, how do you see handling, you know, that, that side of a, a competition where maybe your technique does look decent, but the results aren't there distance wise. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I always think that's, that's almost the same sort of thing only i th i think that's really i think that's better because like yeah for you're sure. still you're still like fixing your technique but again the the familiarity of the situation is completely different than it was at practice like you know your nerves are up and you're trying to you know hit good technique but like that basically the the adrenaline most likely you haven't been practicing that technique with the same adrenaline and the same drive as you had in competition so kind of using that first meet to basically, you know, almost prime yourself a little bit more, get that, basically just get that out of the way, get a little bit more used to using good technique with high adrenaline. And again, I think after you get a couple meets under your belt, it's going to start feeling, you know, you're going to be changing your technique and working on your technique based on that adrenaline high as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And I think that's I think that's the biggest difference that I see, you know, I mean, even just being at Worlds this past year and watching what Mason Finley did, you know, he PR'd in the world final by a meter. And it was like, what was the difference? Is that he controlled his adrenaline in the most intense pressure situation and he was warming up. And he competed the exact same way that he was warming up. He was warming up very, very well. And he competed the exact same way with a little bit more intensity. And I think what, what you're saying, it's hard to be familiar with, with that intensive a competition. But ultimately, that's what it comes back to is that the best throwers in the world and the best results that you can get always come back to being technically sounded, uh, sound and having a technic technical mind. So that when the intensity is really high, you can still control yourself and you can still control the positions that you want to hit. Yeah, I think like I think like big championship, kind of the same um, thought process goes to like big championship meets too. Like it's a it's a different situation. That's why like you know everyone always says like you know for younger athletes it's good to get them into big competitions with better competition, so they get used to that atmosphere. It's just it it it's really the same, you know same process the same thought process as you know getting into your first competition of the year or you know having good technique in competition right the same in having good technique in the biggest competition of your life like being able to handle that stress and handle your emotions and adrenaline and everything so let's get into a throw by throw perspective of an athlete how how can we you know especially us as coaches sort of cater an athlete or an individual let's say they come in they, they have their first throw or they're warming up you know and and they take a they take a throw it's okay it's not great but it's not bad and then they take their first throw in the in the competition and they're expecting this big huge mark and and you know they're throwing a meter below their pr how do you see especially now that the the outdoor season's rolling how can you 
as a coach and how can you help prepare an athlete to sort of come back from one of those poorly thrown throws or, or poorly executed throws? How, how, how do you foresee, you know, what can you do as a coach and what can the athlete do as a thrower to, to be prepared to handle those throws in a comp? I, I think in those types of situations, it's, it's like, you need to teach the athlete how there's different situations. You need to know when did that the athlete should be thinking that each throw is completely separate from the next. And that like your second throw doesn't have to, you know, doesn't have to follow suit from the last throw. It can be completely separate, be a completely different throw, go in with a completely different, fresh mindset on the throw. Um, and if you have a bad throw, like that was one throw, your next could be completely different. And like letting the athlete know and teaching the athlete in that circumstance that, you know, you need to just go in with a complete fresh mindset and, you know, just treat basically your second throw like it was your first. Now, of course, you know, if you have a big throw in, in that circumstance, you want to kind of build on that momentum and, you know, basically just trying to like figure out when to build on previous throws and when to take each throw as a basically completely fresh, separate throw. I yeah. think that's kind of... I also think it's it's important to start to really analyze throwing from a logical perspective. And it's like, okay, why was your first throw bad? You know, were you too intense? Were you too amped up? Were you too fast out of back? Like, there's there's reasons why your throw was didn't go far. It could be... You know, you were late coming off your left, or you you dump your chest in the middle, or you're really open at the front, and it's like, as throwers, because we're so aggressive in nature, I think it, I think it, we forget to look back and say like, okay, what's what's the logical side of this? You know, oh well, I squatted you know 400 pounds for a set of eight on Wednesday, and it's Friday, and I'm and I'm competing. Well, I'm not going to throw as far, but it's also something where if you sit there and you say, okay, when I, hey. When I came out of the back, I opened my left too much, or I didn't open my left enough. I over-rotated to the middle, and I wasn't in a good position to finish well. Okay, well, what are you going to do on the next throw? And the next throw is you have that list of cues prepared, and you say, okay, to fix that, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And then you get into that next throw with a completely different mindset to just improve the technique and, and, hit, and try and hit those positions that you failed to hit in the first throw. And I think that that's – it sounds so simple – but it's something that oftentimes throwers always overlook is that there's a reason why you didn't throw as far. And, and it's, what is that reason? You know, it's, and it's likely a technical issue. And that's where it's, I even think that that's how, if you can instill that as a coach, that in training, you know, there's two or three things that you're always focusing on at, at, at a, any given time. And those same things in training need to be pretty similar as to what you're going to focus on in a meet. And if you can focus on those things and analyze it and make sure that if they don't happen, you have the cue set up to, to come back and make those things happen. I think that that's, that's a big aspect that we always fail is that it's like these things are happening for a reason. They're not, you know, our bodies aren't moving the exact way that they need to be. And that's leading to a subsequent poor throw. Yeah, there. And it's also along with that, it's, you got to be careful also that you're, you know, you're not just, you don't just have a list of, you know, always a list of things swarm, swarming around in your head too. There, you know, there's some athletes who never think technically like that. They're always trying to just smash stuff and, yep. and to try and get them to think technically like that. Absolutely. But there's the other side of athletes that are, 
you know, that yes, there's probably something technically going wrong in their throw, but on that throw, they were thinking of so many things that, yeah, probably like, you know, a lot of those things are going to go wrong. So trying to get them to, to tone it down to like one specific cue, I think can also, you know, make sure that they're getting after that throw in the right way. So what do you think is better? Do you, what do you think is better from like a goal perspective is going into a meet with, you know, you know, if I go into this meet and I throw 63 meters, I'll be happy. Or is it better to say, you know, or even, even for a season, you know, if I go into this season, I throw 70 meters, I'll be happy. Or is it better to say on a meet to meet basis, like, Hey, I want to get into this meet and my goal is to hit these positions. And I know I'm in, I'm strong enough. I know I'm explosive enough. I know based off what I'm throwing, uh, in training, the distance will be there. Or is it, you know, is it, so is it better? Basically my question is, is it better to get into a meet with the goals of, I want to throw X distance, or is it better to go into a meet and say, I want to hit X positions? Yeah, um, absolutely. The positions. <laughs> I mean, it, it comes, I mean, it just comes down to like what, what you can actually control. Like you can't, you know, after you can't control how far the, the implement goes after it leaves your hand. So you need to do everything, you know, what you can do is fix your technique and fix your mental approach and the things that you can do. And if you're doing those things properly, yeah, the distance is going to be there. Right. Yeah. I think that that's the biggest, I mean, I think that's a big failure on all levels with, with throwers is that they, they always have these distances in their mind because obviously that's our sport, but, but instead of prioritizing distance, prioritize the movement. And, and if we can think of it as a global movement, our bodies and, and we control the movement and the movement produces that, you know, that result, then, then the result's going to be there. But if you're not moving the way you need to move to throw farther and, and using, you know, technical models of individuals that have thrown far, well then the result, the result will happen. But you know, it's, I guess it is tough to think that way because I never thought that way as, yeah. a, as a thrower because that's pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think you, I, there's definitely a place for, you know, intensity and aggressiveness and, and yeah. for having, you know, having those goals of like what you want to accomplish. But right. at the same time, like when you don't accomplish those goals, like realize that it's not just because, oh, like, you know, luck wasn't in my favor or I just suck. Like there's, there's reasons for why, those things didn't happen. And to be able to, after a competition or after a season that you didn't accomplish your goals, to be able to look back, analyze how your approach was and figure out with you and with your coach how to fix those things. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100% with that. All right, Trevor, do you have any other questions here? Um, let's see. I think, I mean, why don't you just wrap up a little bit more? Just like, okay, so like coming into the season, like what should your approach be specifically for like setting goals? Oh, man. Okay, so I think the the absolute best way of approaching a season is always thinking about the movement and, and the ultimate goal is that when you get into training on a regular basis, you, you need to have goals set in training so there's like 
that six to 10 throw period in a, in a training session where you're trying to feel positions and you're just thinking about technique and nothing else. And within those six, I mean, six to 12 throws of, of, a, of a training session, you should figure out pretty early on, okay, is today going to be a day where I set my technique early in those six to 12 throws and it just clicks and I turn off my brain and I just get into that groove and groove and groove and groove every throw? Or is today going to be a technically minded work day where I try and just continually fix, you know, one or two technical aspects of my, of my, of my, you know, movement of my throw. And if you can sit there and do that from a, from a mental, the mental side of, of training, especially once you first get outside when everybody's so excited to throw in the, in the warmth and everything that will carry over into a meet. And so what ends up happening is that early on in the season, you start, you really prioritize that technique and you're constantly focusing on getting into those, the, those positions and cueing yourself and listening to your coach and understanding the positions you need to hit and the movements that you need to hit and accomplish. And then all of a sudden, you know, maybe five or six meets in, then you start to click and you understand that if you have two or three warmups where you're just focused on, technique in those warm-ups then your body remembers what to do with its movement and the body remembers the movement and then all of a sudden you get into the big meets and you can shut off your brain and so it's important for me i i believe that from a goal setting perspective is that it is 100 percent all technically based but i also think in training you've got to have that approach of okay the this group of throws is going to establish where i'm at in this training session and if, if I'm really feeling it and I'm starting to groove it, well, then I'm going to just keep rolling and I'm not going to take a ton of cues and the coach isn't going to give a ton of cues and we're just going to let everything roll and your body, shut, your body, your mind shuts down and your body takes over. But there's also going to be those days where your mind needs to control the body a little bit more so that you have a longer term uh, neurological imprint on your technique so that when it does get to the end of the season, you can just get into that into that position, you can get into a competition and you can just say, okay, focus on these two or three, you know, technical cues. I hit those, those cues from in the circle when I'm warming up. And then, you know, you have that trigger mentally that just says, okay, shut off the brain, the body starts to go and then we start to smash it. And that's, that's where I think the goals need to be more aligned to, to become a champion is that you have to sit there and understand as a thrower that, um, letting your body do its job instead of forcing your body to do the job is, is the key. And I think that's like a big goal is that if you shut off your brain, you're going to throw farther, but you have to establish, you know, what that brain control is earlier in the year. I don't even know if that answers your question, but. Well, so I guess kind of to, to sum that up, maybe just like setting your goals based around how you're going to basically carry yourself and how yeah. the approach you're going to take into training sessions and into meets yeah, and making like optimizing those, the, your approach, your goal, essentially. Absolutely. 100%. I think making a plan and making the approach, the goal is the best way to throw far because that's where everybody breaks down. Yeah. They don't have an approach. They don't have a plan. Yeah. And they just have these, these numbers. And instead of thinking from a number perspective, they need to think from a plan and an approach pr perspective. Yeah. All right, so thanks for joining us again on uh, Dane's platform. We will be back next week with some more Throws University talk.
At this time, we want to give a big thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to another episode of Dane's Platform. Remember to look out for our next episode and check out our sponsors, EarthFed Muscle, The Acceleration Diet, and Holistic Encapsulations. Peace!